Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. One step at a time, that's the message from Kate Meads, also known as the nappy lady, who says it took her nine years to master waste-free parenting. With a practical ethos for parents with busy schedules, Kate Meads has partnered with 40 councils to run workshops where she speaks about reducing waste and saving money. And she's in top demand. What was your biggest workshop this week in Wellington? Uh, in Wellington this week would have been 60, oh, 75 in What's Wellington the one City. where you had 160 people turn out? Where was Auckland. that? Auckland. That was in Auckland, yeah. yeah. It all began when Kate realised how much disposable nappies dragged on her family's budget. So she switched to reusable ones. A baby uses more than 5,000 nappies until it is two years old. One of her challenges is to get parents to commit to using just one cloth nappy per day, which would result in around a million nappies per week not being sent to landfills. She's also an advocate of reusable menstrual products like menstrual cups. A lot of talk often about the amount of money spent on tampons. Some people have been calling for state subsidies. But also there's an environmental impact here, Kate. Oh, absolutely. That's huge. What's your story with this? You're Tauranga-based, right? I am indeed. And what's your story with, as we say, taking nine years to get to something that isn't going to make someone yell, I'm so busy, I've got all the... You know, what's workable... <laughs> and what advice do you give about people about what's workable? Um, I think for me, my story is that I started out having a baby and then realising our waste increased by about 50% with all the disposable baby products. And it was, uh, we changed cloth nappies for financial reasons. Going from two incomes to one is huge. And especially nowadays when the cost of living is so high anyway. But um, for us, it was just a notice to notice the waste that we were putting out with one product, and then we decided that if we're one family with one child, imagine the number of nappies that are going to landfill every week. Were you already someone for whom this stuff mattered? You already cared about? You already tried to be sort of low waste? No, or, so, not at all. No, oh, so actually, no. this was the moment yeah. when you realised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were terrible. How much waste? Yeah, we, we were that, that family that would, you know, we'd pay for our bins, so we would put it out every week. And if it wasn't quite full, we would fill it up because you were paying. So it felt like an entitlement to throw a full bin out every week. And we had skip bins over the years. We'd just randomly throw everything in there. And we had this whole misconception that it still went to the tip, and that people would take stuff out that they wanted. Recycling, yeah. Yeah, didn't realise that once you put it in the bin or into a skip bin, it goes straight to landfill. So it was actually the waste um, that, that's, that surrounds, you know, all the demands of a new baby yeah. that open your eyes to entirely to the whole waste yeah. issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you thought, hmm... Um, there's a lot of this happening. You, you mentioned you first went to cloth nappies, and that was that was for financial reasons, yeah. right? How did things evolve over time? How did you look around and say, "Yeah, I can do that"? And again, as I said, like we put so much pressure on on parents from every direction, right? Oh so, yeah. So yeah, how did you begin to do it in ways where it was 
actually not as hard as you might have thought it was. It was little things that made a difference. Um, for us, it was. Um, I actually started importing nappies for quite a few years and then sold the business a few years ago just to go full time education because that's where my passion drove me. But to start with, it was just getting people to think about using cloth nappies at home because I saw a lot of parents feeling that there was this pressure of cloth nappies or disposable nappies and there was this massive decision, big financial impact if we were going all cloth nappies up front and or um, a long-term financial impact, $40 a week for disposables. And so what I tried to do was encourage people to do what we did, which was to start out with using a couple of cloth nappies a day until you got used to it and then just use cloth nappies at home all the time and then go back to how our parents treated disposable nappies and use them as a convenience product instead of what our generation has done is made them mainstream and not considered the waste factors that's involved with that. Um, so so that, if you're out at the beach or out for a day or out whatever, that's that's where you were using the disposable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go to the beach, make sure you take it with you. Yeah. <laughs> so many on the beaches, it's disgusting. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, um, and that was the first thing. And then over time, I got more into, I started educating for councils and became the nappy lady, which is still weird. But um, it's quite cute. It is it's cute. <laughs> Let's but face after, it, you're not losing it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a lifetime thing now. Um, but over the years, we just started changing our behaviour, little things at a time and I'll never be perfect I'll, I always claim to never I, I drive a V8, I'm a complete petrol head so I'm never going to be perfect but what I realised was that if we all started doing things, just one small thing a day whether and like this morning sitting in Wellington watching all the takeaway coffee cups mm. going past just constantly and there was people with trays of them and I'm just looking at it thinking man you know this happens every day and we haven't even thought about um, like where they go or, or what's going to happen to them but we just take it every day and then I, I sit there thinking you know um, what, at what point did our generation and I blame our generation, no other generation at what point did our generation think that it was too hard to wash a cup you Gen X Gen, which generation are you I'm, oh crikey I don't know there's you're so probably, many you're now probably, you're probably, I'm, I'm 39 oh, so, you're, not, you're just, yeah. you're just yeah. You're four years off being a millennial. You're, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're genius. I'm okay. in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How much of this is habit, actually? And I am lazy. We're all lazy. Okay, right now I've got a glass cup in here, right? <laughs> I cannot tell you. We've almost had to schedule in, and thanks everyone, and especially Lucy who's been part of this, not using damn plastic cups out here for water. We drink a lot of water because we talk all day. Yeah. But it's just habit. Someone needs to get the glasses out there. Someone needs to take them out when they're full. Someone needs to replace them again. You mentioned coffee. Lots of coffee places do have a perfectly good reusable cup you can buy at the outset. Yep. But what, do we need to be able to hang them around our necks like the teachers <laughs> used to have those big plastic pens, you know? Yeah, yeah. Are we just so bloody lazy that it's too much of a hassle to carry it down and get get the coffee in a refill and carry it back in? Yes. Yeah. How much is habit? Just, just establishing a habit yeah. and then you're away. Yeah, and I think that's the key, is that, like, and a lot of people, like, when I do the workshops, I talk a lot on what happens to our waste, and people are overwhelmed by it, and it's like, oh, we need to do all this stuff. And I bring it back to always just, like, one small habit change, like a takeaway coffee cup every day, creates a, a small change. And what we often think is it's just one, like, oh, it's just one takeaway coffee cup. But over a year, if you have it Monday to Friday, it's just 260. But we just think just one, because we live in a daily sort of routine, like you say, habit. Um, and for me, it's like um, 
I actually made a deal with myself last year to stop using takeaway coffee, coffee cups. So I brought a glass keep cup, chucked it in my car. It lives there. It never comes out. Um, and then I also realised that our habit has become to get it, like we treat it like a treat. It's our special thing. Like, it's a treat. I mean, we have three times a day if, you, yeah, if yeah. you're lucky enough to afford that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's our treat. And so we sort of embrace the treat. It then becomes habit. And then what happens is we, we look at it as it's just it's the special thing we do. What I decided to do was change the treat from being the takeaway coffee, rushing to go somewhere, and actually leave the house 10 minutes earlier to sit down at the coffee shop and and take so 10 minutes what to myself. the reward is. Yeah. And the other thing with coffee is it's almost always associated with stress and being busy and or being tired, yeah. that's when we're most vulnerable. Yeah. That's where you need your habits to be ruthless because that's when everything slips. It's funny you should talk about that. You know, I started um, trying to recycle. I don't eat a lot of um, takeaways at home, but sometimes I'll get a, a lunch takeaway, and if it's any kind of hot food, you get the plastic, you know. The, mm. So I started stacking them at home. I thought, great, I'll recycle them. You know, I can... I can become some kind of domestic goddess and <laughs> do this huge cook-up on a Sunday and freeze all my lunches and these little... Pla- my bloody cupboard's full of them. <laughs> I mean, I could take them, apart from the fact that I've obviously not started that particular life journey yet, it's unbelievable how quickly they accumulate. Yeah. And yet they would be surely so easy with a decent wash to be to be washed, to be used and to be recycled. It's phenomenal how it accumulates. Yeah, yeah. So habit... And reward is a real biggie, actually. The idea that even taking a shortcut, actually, is a reward. Yeah. You've just got to find a different way of it being a reward because that's actually what you're seeking. Yeah. Let's get to the practical the practical stuff then. Like, well, first of all, how much money can you save if you can even begin to introduce cloth nappies some of the time? Well, it's 70 cents a nappy, pretty much. Like, every time you use a cloth nappy, you save 70 cents. So if you use... Um, I mean, the figures that we've got is that if a parent used full-time cloth nappies from birth to toilet training, which is about two and a half, um, they'd save about $3,500 after you take the cost of buying nappies, washing them, wear and tear on your washing machine, all that sort of stuff. What about some of the other... um um, you know, ubiquitous um, products around infancy that you say there are alternatives to. Talk us through some of them. Baby wipes being one. Yeah, reusable wipes. I mean, they just make sense. Our parents never used disposable wipes. Um, it costs about $750 per baby just for wipes. And and it's just a weekly expense that goes out, and we don't think about it, but it's a weekly expense that's never... Um, it's never reused, it's one use, throw it away. Um, and whereas uh, people say, where do you get wipes from? And I'm like, well, we found ours in our hot water cupboard, open the door, there's some things called flannels, chuck some water at them and they turn into wet wipes. What's the convenience factor there? Because the thing about the purchased wipes is you just carry that thing around and you just rip it out and it comes out at just the right size or whatever. Yeah. So what do you do practically to make the flannel, having the, getting the flannel ready and transporting the flannel not a big deal? Again, is it just habit? Well, at home, yeah, we just had an ice cream container full of wipes and filled it up with water and then if and just use it and put it in an ice cream container on the other side but if we had um, we're going out with wipes one of the things we always had a bit of a laugh about was you know you buy a packet of disposable wipes open it once use one wipe stick it in the glove box the next time you go to use them they're all dry so we ended up just chucking dry wipes in the glove box and using a bottle of water to make it wet what are the alternatives to baby food pouches that you've talked about? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I just really don't like the single-use pouches. Um, first of all they're, all, they're all plastic. So, you know, the baby's food's actually coming out of plastic all the time. 
Um, and there's lots of like discussions happening at the moment about the sugar content of certain foods and baby obesity. And I've even had a talk to a speech therapist who was saying that there's speech impediments because a lot of parents let them suck from the pouch. But my biggest issue is the fact that the actual pouch, every time you give them a minuscule amount of food, it's waste. And then in, par- in the past, we had cans and jars, which were both totally recyclable. And now we've got these one-use food pouches that have become normal very quickly. And there's so many of them, and there's no sort of solution. So sometimes it's sort of, I don't understand why a waste product is actually allowed to be introduced when it creates such a problem. Are there some cool new products? You talk about the packaging. We're all waiting for the time, I don't know, that we can have some kind of decomposing um, food packaging made out of potato skins or something. <laughs> I mean, we, we all live in hope that that's yeah. coming. But in the absence of that, have you come across some new pro- new products that are convenience products, but that are far more... Oh, yeah. Honey wraps. I mean, honey wraps and beeswax wraps are amazing. Um, I wrap my cheese in it, use it. It replaced all the plastic wrap in my home. You put it on salad bowls. It's just an amazing new product that's come out. Um, There's also reusable food pouches. So if parents want to make their own baby food, um, which is simple, like you just mash up whatever you're eating and put it in a pouch. Um, then um, there's the, a lot of the companies bringing out those, which are quite cool. Um, and the, I mean, this, and then there's of course the reusable menstrual products, which for me, I've been putting that good. off. But let's go there. Let's go there. <laughs> Stay with us, guys. Um, and look, you know, we, we we do laugh about it, but can you talk about generations? I don't know yeah. who invented tampons. Does anyone know? That would be really interesting. Uh, yeah. I, do you know who invented tampons? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it probably was, made a lot of money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in the like Kimberly Clark sort of like that. Yeah. That. Um, and what sort of 50s or 60s or 70s or I, I don't I'm know. I'm not 100% sure. I did actually get told one day, but I can't remember because I was just sort of like, I don't, I don't it's really. It's not really a topic. I really, yeah. <laughs> I but really I guess my care. point is they've become so ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone's got their horror stories of their, you know, um, early years dealing with feminine hygiene products. <laughs> It's a yeah. rite of passage. Um, but they have just become ubiquitous. You talk about our generation. I'm Gen yeah. X. Um, just utterly ubiquitous. Um, and, and with some you know, uh, alternative um, products as well. But there must be just millions and millions and millions. And why is it that you argue people should be, apart from cost, or is it cost, looking for alternatives? What, what has been the impact? Well, part of it is cost. Because, I mean, a woman will spend thousands on menstrual products in their lifetime. Because every month you buy more. One thing that I didn't know years ago was that no menstrual products are flushable which I I had been flushing them and didn't realise that if you flush them they go to wastewater treatment plant and then they go straight to landfill so I was like oh wow that's just a bit scary but um there was the I think the biggest thing for me was 12 years ago I started using a menstrual cup because I got a um I had a prolapse I had issues with wearing disposable products so I had no choice I had to find something different so I went to menstrual cups and um, the lady at the health shop who sold it to me told me good luck when I left because she had no idea what to do with it nowadays there's heaps more information but um, it took me a couple of cycles to get used to using it and since then like seriously in 12 years I've spent $75 on menstrual products and I would urge any woman to have a go with the menstrual cup because it's the most cleanest, most hygienic way to actually have a period. Okay. How, di- <laughs> how difficult to learn to master, bearing that, and we're going to do, we're actually going to do a session in, in our parenting segment soon on on, on um, working with kids, you know, as they're coming to into menstruation and how to help them 
learn to sort of yeah. how things work. Um, how difficult to master? Well, I mean, I it was actually at a workshop recently. A lady said to me, um, "How scary is it for a girl to be given a tampon and sent to the toilet and has no idea what to do with that from a very young age?" Um, and the thing with the menstrual cup is, it's something that is very similar to a tampon, but. The thing is that it, it it's not going to fall out. You don't have anything no. hanging out. It's completely contained. And it's it's uh, if you don't get it right, you can take it out and redo it. Whereas young woman and one of the ladies who worked with young women said they put it up, it gets stuck there because it's absorbing off your insides and they can't get it out and then they start freaking out. This was the rite of passage story I was going to discuss another, <laughs> a, a, another time. Of course. But it is. You so know. It's, what you're saying is it's comparatively easy to use. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I think that the the thing that fascinates me is that like women are so anti talking about menstrual products or, or periods, yet you know, you have a baby and they go into great detail about what happened when they have the baby and that's like one day of your life. You have a period for forty years, but let's not go there. We have a thing about body fluids, we really do. We um, go. I think both both sexes do in some ways. But anyway, <laughs> um next point is do people just do they love the idea of just chucking away and not having to deal with cleaning of the, of the product is that another factor or just because of our weird body fluid thing <laughs> I think they think it's a hygiene thing like mm. a, a one use product is more hygienic but it's not it's not a hygiene thing they um they eat, like honestly they are just so simple to use um and and they go overnight you only empty them a couple of times a day so it's not like you're using 15 a day or having to go out in public toilets and things and deal with them it's just done from home so after nine years, you reckon waste-free parenting and a lot of waste-free in your life full stop? Yeah, I, I'm still, like I say, I'm still Apart not perfect. V8. Yeah, I'm still not perfect. But for me, it's just around changing small habits, like taking my own supermarket bags and, yeah. you know, just making small changes. And, I mean, if there's four and a half million people in New Zealand, if we all did something different tomorrow, four and a half million things would change. How many of these workshops have you done? Uh, well, I'll do 190 this year, but... Um, there, uh, I couldn't tell you how many all up. It's too many now. <laughs> good for you. Kate Meads, good talking to you. Thanks very much. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.